to Inside the Oval presented by Dignity Health. This week, I am joined by 49ers Director of Guest Services, Angie Nix. Angie, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Hi, Haley. Thank you for having me. To start off, what are your responsibilities as a Director of Guest Services? Quite a bit, honestly, but it's all of the fun stuff. So I am responsible for I have a team of about seven to 800 people who work on game day in the guest services department. So I oversee everything to do with them from the time that they are hired and trained all the way through the services they provide on game day and finishing, of course, with their payroll following a game, everything in between. In addition to that, there are also about 3,500 other people who work on game day that each report to their own departments and their own managers. However, I am responsible for the quality of service that they provide to our fans. I think, and you can correct me, the biggest day in your week for six months of the year is probably Sunday. What does a typical game day look for, like for you? Uh it's my favorite day of the week, I have to tell you. And I wish <laughs> there were more Sundays during the year that I could do this. The uh, game day, I arrive several hours before kickoff, probably six to seven, maybe even eight hours before kickoff. And we start with a, a really early morning meeting to make sure that everyone is ready to go for the day. And then from there, you know, our we call them playmakers, our, our team that's here to make plays for our fans. Our playmakers start to arrive a couple of hours before the gates open. So then we are um, welcoming them as our internal guests and making sure that they're all set up for success for the day. And then starts the madness when the gates open. My favorite time of the day is when we are greeting and welcoming everyone. It's such a busy and fun time um, seeing all the excitement on all the faces as everyone arrives at the stadium and helping to get them in as quickly and I guess, efficiently that we can. And then, of course, once the game begins, I always take time for myself every game, regardless of how busy it is. I always take time to stop and hear a little bit of the player intros if I can, but definitely to hear the national anthem and to witness those flyovers that we have. Once the game begins, then run around like a crazy woman, making sure that everyone is okay, both our faithful fans, as well as our playmakers, making sure that everyone is having a great time. And um, for me, the day wraps up about three hours post-game, maybe, yeah, I'd say three to four hours post-game. So it's quite a day, but it's a lot of fun. I put on a lot of miles. Yeah. Have you worn a pedometer? I guess that's probably old school. Do you track <laughs> it on your phone? How many steps you take? I, <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't worn a pedometer in a while. Um, yes, I track it on my phone and it's always kind of a game for, I work guest services as a division of the stadium operations team and everyone in stadium operations works so hard. So it's kind of a game to compare steps and see who who runs their tails off the most. While Sunday is the day where you get kind of the benefits of your job, you get to have fans in the stadium and you kind of all your hard work pays off. What goes into the week leading up, making sure you're in the best position to succeed? The week leading up is, especially when I, I'm sorry, I'm thinking more fully, if there are back-to-back Sundays, that week leading up 
is particularly crazy because we'll close out one Sunday as we're preparing to open up another Sunday. But basically the days leading up, we have several operations meetings and preparation meetings. We spend a lot of time packing bags and folders full of game day equipment, um, things for our fans like buttons and other types of giveaways and paperwork and information for our supervisors. Again, my goal throughout the week is to just set them up for success, to give them everything that they need to make sure they're providing the best possible service. I mean, I think you you mentioned the numbers. It's like seven to 800 people, 3,500 on game day. What goes into staffing an event at Levi Stadium? All of it starts several months before the season even begins. So well, just looking at where we are right now, we're um, it's June 1st, and we have a couple of months until the season starts. For me, you might be surprised to hear that June and July, the two months before the season, are my two busiest months of the year, because during that time, we are making great efforts to hire um, what we like to call rookies, people who are going to be joining us for their first season here at Levi Stadium. So we take a lot of time and energy to um, recruit and hire folks. And then we put them through quite a bit of training to make sure that they can, even on their first day, answer questions and give solid directions. Um, And then during the month of July, our focus really becomes what we call veteran training for all of those playmakers who, even if they've worked with us since 2014, when Levi Stadium opened, we retrain them every year as kind of a refresher, and we update them on what's new coming up each year. So, you know, in a year like this year, where a lot of our playmakers haven't been here since the the NFC Championship game back in January of 2020, there will be a lot of refreshers to do, I think, both for our playmakers as well as for our fans. There's going to be a lot of education that's required this season. And with people who want to be rookies, want to be playmakers, how can they get into that field? How do they get in touch with you? I'm so glad that you asked that question. So coincidentally, coming up on June 12th, we have a job fair that's going to be here at Levi Stadium. Before I get into that, I'll tell you, you don't have to wait till June 12th. You could right now go to levistadium.com slash employment, and you can apply right now to become a member of our team for any one of a number of playmaker departments or companies. So, But if you'd like to meet people in person and speak to them about the different opportunities that are available on June 12th, which is a Saturday, here at Levi Stadium at Michael Mina's Bourbon Pub and Steakhouse, um, we are holding a playmaker job fair that day. It'll be from 10 a.m. until 4 p.m. So all anyone would need to do is come down and visit us at Michael Mina's. And then we will have representatives from every one of our our playmaker companies, which is, I believe it is six companies altogether, but it's over those, those six companies, it is 13 different departments that we'll be hiring. So depending on your interest, your skills, your um, what level of involvement you want to have, or, or I guess perspective you want to have on game day. There are, for instance, the 49ers will be hiring for 
guest services, visa box office, logistics, um, folks for the museum, stadium security, the foundation team. And then our partners, we have Fanatics, which hires our retail associates. Levy is our food and beverage service and our bartenders and servers. Landmark provides our game day security. Um, Impark provides our parking attendance and ABM has our janitorial housekeeping service, both pregame, event day, and postgame. So there's a lot of different opportunities to be involved in different ways. So if you show up to that job fair, each one of those departments will have a table. You can walk around and talk to them about the opportunities with them. You can apply and interview on the spot for whichever organization you'd like. And hopefully we'll have you um, on our starting team come August 14th. Something I've noticed is that the playmakers, it really is a sense of community. Obviously, you and I are biased that the 49ers are a great organization to work for. So if that's not already a plus, I love hearing the stories from playmakers on how long they've been working for the 49ers or going to games or how they meet up outside of the workday because they've cultivated those friendships. So I think that's it's it's a really amazing community to hear from. It is. And and I'll tell you what, how I started in this industry myself 20, goodness, I'm going to say 25 years ago, maybe 26 years ago. And I started um, as a part-time game day associate back in Denver, Colorado. I started as an usher and a ticket taker myself. So fast forward to where I am today as the director of guest services, and understanding that while I work directly for the 49ers and my guest services teammates also work for the 49ers, all of these partner companies that I mentioned, Landmark, Levy, Fanatics, and so on, they may work for a different employer being not the 49ers, but they all serve the same mission. And to me, because of my background and where I started, I understand the value of what they're doing, um, why they're here, when our guests or our fans show up to Levi Stadium, they don't know whether someone is on the 49ers payroll versus the ABM payroll. And it doesn't matter because each of those persons are here to provide the absolute best service that they possibly can. And all of our playmakers are so passionate about making sure that everyone has a great time, that this facility is clean, that the fans are safe. It really is a a fantastic community to be part of, and the diversity of it. We have folks who work from us from age of 18, which is the the youngest age that you're permitted to be, all the way up through um, those who are well into their retirement years. Who you know, some people do this for fun, some people for extra cash, some people just to be part of the 49ers, and it's just so much fun to work with everyone. As you mentioned, you did start your event path or your event career out as an usher. You worked frontline service jobs, and then you've kind of worked every position in between all the way up to your role now as a director. What was your career path? How did you land at the 49ers? You know, there are, I suppose, it could be a, a funky long story along the way, but I'll give you the shortcut. And that is, I originally started um, 
just as a part-time position to get out of my house. I was, at the time, my children were three and five years old, and I wanted to find a way that I could work in the evenings and on the weekends and still be home with them during the day. And I found this perfect job. And that's where I started. I did it for selfish reasons to get out of the house. I stuck with it because once you're in the environment and you feel the roar of the fans and you're, you feel the energy and the excitement, it gets in your blood and you can't, it's really difficult to walk away. So from that moment on, I was committed. I knew this is my career path and I gave everything to it. How I ended up here was I stayed with that company for several years. Um, eventually, I jumped from that company to another NFL team. And I worked with another NFL team for about four or five years. And then eventually through different opportunities to make um, connections through networking at conferences and things like that. I developed actually a, a friendship with our executive vice president of stadium operations. And when he had here at the 49ers, I mean, and when he had a role become available, I jumped at the opportunity to be part of such a, a historic and amazing organization. The, the 49ers, um, you know, I remember watching Joe Montana and the guys when I was in high school, and it just seemed normal to see them in the playoffs. I expected it every year because they were the team. And, you know, now jumping in to have an opportunity to be part of that team is, I don't even know that I have words to explain how fantastic it is. When you go to sporting events at other stadiums or concerts at another venue, are you able to enjoy it? Or are you spending the whole time looking around at what they're doing for guest services and how their playmakers are treating guests? It's so fun. I just want to crack up at this question because it, it's such a personal one for me because it's been, you know, 20 years of me annoying people that I go to events <laughs> with. I, <laughs> I have, I do enjoy, I love live sporting events um, of all types. You know, I enjoy baseball, hockey, football, um, you name it. It's just fun to be part of the action. Um, I love concerts, going to concerts. Any type of live event is, like I said, it's in my blood. However, you are absolutely correct. As much as I enjoy the game and the environment or the show and the environment, I find myself watching um, what's going on, not just how the the folks working are behaving or how they're treating fans, but also I watch the fans. And usually I'll spot things happening in the crowd before even the people working because I'm such a hawk about it. It's, it's kind of funny. But the people that I go with, um, unless they work in the event business also tend to get annoyed with me because they don't understand why I'm not just focusing on the game. It's impossible. This will be your fifth season with the 49ers. During that time, have any events or games stuck out to you as particularly memorable? Oh my goodness. So many uh, obviously, it goes without saying the NFC Championship game. That that one's easy. Um, that was the most thrilling and most exciting thing. I, and I was kind of almost, I don't want to say blindsided, but it, it took me a moment after we won. You know, we're, we're moving the trophy stage out onto the field and I'm part of it and the confetti is falling. And it, it took me a few moments before it finally hit me. Oh my gosh, we're going to the Super Bowl. And then I 
I had this feeling in my chest where it was just going to leap out of me. I knew that was the result of winning, but it wasn't until after I had the the work functions in place that needed to happen that I finally then felt it. And I'll never forget that feeling. So I would have to say that stands out the most. Um, that in my first day, my very first game um, being here, and I take great pride in the service that I provide, um, both to the people who work with me, as well as the people who come to the games. And on my first day, you know, it's not as easy to answer questions and give directions and be knowledgeable because I'm still getting familiar with it myself. So I'll never forget just wanting to do my best, but knowing that I was a little unsure of myself at times. So growing into my role has been a lot of fun. For for me, the NFC Championship game was really fun because as someone who also really likes the flyovers, I think that's been my favorite flyover we've had since I started working here. Oh, God, yes. You know what? I, that and the flyover at the CFP also, National Anthem, the flyover, the player intros during the college football playoff game, I honestly cried. Um, there was just something about it. It was so spectacular. Yeah, agreed. We recently announced the 2021 schedule. There are home games against, let's say, the Raiders, primetime season opener versus the Packers. And then, as always, you have like, the Seahawks, Cardinals, Rams. Is there a game you're looking forward to most, an event you have circled? Um, goodness, that's a good question. N- not necessarily. I will say there are games that now that I've been here, I have four seasons under my belt. Going into my fifth, I can kind of identify which games are going to be a little bit more challenging for us and which games will be kind of more common, if you will. Um, and so I have those games circled, but I'm not going to identify which ones I'm thinking <laughs> of. <laughs> no, it's funny. We just had, I just had Marcus on, on the podcast and he said that his the game he's looking forward to most is the first preseason game. And he was like, not because of the football, just because it'll be exciting to have fans back. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes. Oh, absolutely. Last season, I know we only got to play five games, um, but it was, it was very strange. We definitely, I say we being me and my staff collectively, we definitely miss having fans here and cannot wait to bring them back. I almost feel like I won't because it's COVID-19 time frame and you shouldn't touch people. But man, I just want to hug everybody as they arrive. What was your 2020 season like as someone who looks at the fan experience and that is your goal is to provide a fan experience, not having them in stadium. How did that influence your role? Well, it, it was a 2020 as a whole, preparing for that season, I have told many people by far, it was my most challenging and most rewarding year of my career because we had to, it, it's one thing to have kind of a, a manual of things that you need to know and things that you need to do and just execute. It's another thing altogether to have to live through something that no one in no one in your professional generation has lived through and kind of create that manual as you go. Um, so we worked closely obviously with public health officials, but also with the NFL and we were able to develop 
really fantastic protocols. We, I personally was responsible for purchasing all of our PPE and our hand sanitizers, and we um, developed a new disinfection team, and I got to get them some new uniforms. Um, not that they weren't, I, I should correct that, not that they weren't disinfecting previously, but they weren't identified as such. So now they have uniforms that say so on, on their shirts um, to give some peace of mind to fans around. So last year, just developing all of that, mapping out where all of the hand sanitizers go, creating all of the signage necessary. It was, it was, again, I just, I've never felt, it was so rewarding. I'm very proud of the work that I, along with the stadium operations department, I'm very proud of the work that we did together. We did some great things. And I look forward to implementing those things this season with fans. Last year, it was obviously no fans, but we got to do it. We got to implement things for our game day staff, our playmakers as well as for the media that came in. Um, and because there were no fans, we really focused on, you might've noticed I've referred to our playmakers as my guests on more than one occasion here. And that's how I feel about them. It's my job to make sure that our playmakers are happy and safe and comfortable. And then they in turn treat our fans the same. So we, I really got to focus on take care of one another this past season. And I think that that was a huge plus too. You mentioned collaborating with the NFL and other teams for speci- and specifically in 2020. Outside of a year like 2020, how much of your policy and things you implement in the game day experience are collaborations with other teams or do you and do you talk with other teams about things that they are doing? Yeah, actually, that's a great question. I'm I am. I try to stay very involved um, within the industry, not just within the NFL. So looking first at the NFL, um, the NFL has all 32 teams will meet on a variety of, you know, I'm sure every department has their own thing. Um, within my department, there is a guest services and facility operations committee. And I actually serve as the vice chair on the committee. And we just had our annual meetings last week. So there's that, where we have a great opportunity to collaborate within the league with each other. And then additionally, there's an association, it's called Stadium Managers Association, and I serve as the vice president on their board of directors. And Stadium Managers is an association that works with um, all stadiums from all sports. So it's baseball, it is rugby, football, soccer, um, we all come together and um, make sure that we're sharing best practices for stadium operations. And then finally, there's another group called NCS4, which is the National Center for Spectators, Sports, Safety, and Security. That is based out of the University of Southern Mississippi. And I serve on their Professional Sport Advisory Council. And for that, that is very, it's sport focused, but it's for all sports. So that different than stadium managers um, being just stadiums, NCS4 also includes arenas as well. It includes your indoor venues. From that list, I think it's very evident that you take on multiple leadership roles. But something that really inspires me particularly about is your philosophy on leadership and empowering the people under you and opening doors for them, especially especially if they're women. Um, I've heard you talk on this a lot 
Um, I love to say that that's a really common narrative. I don't know if it actually always is. Where did you get that mindset from? Is that something that you had learned from managers as you were working your way up in your career? Or was it something that you wish would have been there? Thank you, first of all, for saying that. That means a lot to me. I take great pride in trying to be a great leader, number one, but also trying to be a mentor when when needed, or I guess I don't want to push mentorship on anyone, but I definitely make myself available and I'm happy to take people under my wings, particularly um, females who are up and coming in the organization or in the industry in general. Um, I think it's partly because of just who I am as a person. Um, I am the middle child of three daughters, um, kind of was always the Oh, I am going to, I'm going to go ahead and say I was kind of the leader of that trio. Um, <laughs> basically, I was the loudest is what that comes down to. Um, but so, you know, strong sisterhood from the beginning. I eventually had a fourth sister, but not until much later in life. But again, it's all sisters in my world, um, with exception, of course, to some stepbrothers. But now I've, I digress. When I came up in the business, the reason I was able to get from a frontline game day usher uh, ticket taker position to where I am right now is a combination of hard work, determination, but also just people taking the time to recognize when they see an aptitude to do more and then allowing the opportunity to encourage that to grow, you know, giving guidance along the way, um, definitely pointing out when my my path is going the wrong way and helping to steer me the right way. And I guess I just want to return that favor. Um, I don't say I'm not perfect and I haven't had a perfect path, but I think that that imperfect path is what helps me give valuable guidance to other females who need it. And I'm sorry to be long-winded, but I'll add working in this in this business, in this industry, you know, especially years ago, it was very male dominated throughout the years. And even with certain organizations, such as the 49ers, you see more females coming on board. And I just think it's fabulous because, you know, the old saying, women should always have a seat at the table. But further than that, I encourage women to speak when they're seated at the table. It's, you're not there just to listen. You're there to, you've earned that spot. And you have people are looking to you to give your voice and it's needed. So everything I can do to nourish or encourage that, I will do so. For women who want to get into this industry or maybe who aren't progressing in the field, what advice would you have for them? And I think speaking up is an amazing one. Be confident. I am a person who I always say I'm the most insecure, confident person you'll ever meet. I feel like I'm very confident. I feel like I'm great at my job because I work hard to be so. But at the same time, I look in the mirror and don't necessarily reflect confidence back on myself. So I think the best thing that I can do for myself and the best favor any person can do for themselves is to not just feel confident, but to exude it there's something to be said about the way you carry yourself. And that all starts with confidence. Don't question yourself. If you feel something in your gut, if it looks right, um, it is right. If it, if it doesn't, then there's a reason it doesn't look right. 
whatever it is that we're talking about. So another thing you brought up that I think is incredibly important is the idea of mentorship. I know no one can get to where they're going alone. And as someone who is a mentor to many, is there a way you like people to bring that up with you? Or is there a way that people should be navigating creating these relationships? No, I, I, there's not a specific way. I think that, again, it goes, it boils down to confidence. I think sometimes people are afraid to, well, I don't know her that well, so I don't want to reach out. I get, I, I, I receive messages um, mostly via LinkedIn from people who are students um, at various colleges, and they will reach out and say, hey, I, I saw your profile. I see your, your history. Um, I would love to just pick your brain for a minute. I never say no. I always will set something up with them and I'll, I'll give them you know, the best advice I can give them, which I would be happy to share with you, but I, I'll save that so that they're surprised when they reach out to me. Um, (laughs) but no, yeah, just don't be afraid to ask, um, for help. It may not even be that, Hey, I have this problem and I need your help, or it may not be, I I'm trying to get to Z, but I'm here at a, how do I get there? It could just be, um, I would really like to just pick your brain about you for a minute and schedule a lunch or schedule a 15 minutes together and just sit and talk. It doesn't have to be structured or with a specific end goal in mind. Um, See if you feel a connection with that person that you would like to mentor or be mentored by and then go from there. It can be very natural. I I won't ask you to give the advice you give, but (laughs) on the flip side of that, have you had, like, do you remember the best piece of career advice you've been given? There's been so much. Well, yes. A simple saying that I always repeat is be a person that people want to work with. Honestly, that's the best advice I can give. Be a person that people want to work with. If you, you know, go into work and you're the the thundercloud all the time, nobody's going to want to work with that. So being a person people want to work with can have its own translation. It's it's about how hard you work. It's about the effort you make. It's about your work product, but it's also about your attitude. It's about how you treat others. Just always be a person that people want to work with. That's great advice. I I thought we'd finish with a lightning round. They do not need to be lightning quick answers. <laughs> Got it. What is your favorite thing about your job? My coworkers, my full-time coworkers, but obviously the part-time too, but my my opera- stadium operations full-time coworkers are very much family. We're led by a man who believes in family. We are family. Okay. What is your favorite thing about the 49ers organization? um, The rich history. Without elaborating, lightning round after all, the rich history. Uh, We're going into our 75th season. Rich history plays a huge part in that. Is there a moment that you remember or you think is the highlight of the 49ers kind of rich history? (laughs) Um, Well, again, uh, I go back to Joe Montana and those teams in the the mid to late 80s. I was um, child in Ohio and my stepdad was a huge football fan and we watched all of the um, 
I didn't watch a lot of regular season football, but I watched all of the postseason playoff games. And so that's how I was introduced to the 49ers. And it, every year that I watched with him, they want, they were in the playoffs and, or they won the Super Bowl. So speaking of a Super Bowl in the 2019 season, 2020, we, the Yorks were, generous enough to send us all to Miami for the Super Bowl. Although the team didn't win, I personally, it was an amazing experience. Do you have a favorite Miami memory? Oh my gosh. It was an amazing experience, wasn't it? So grateful. First of all, thank you, um, York family. If you're listening, best experience of my life, my favorite memory. Uh, Oh, I know exactly what it was. It was the first time ever that I was able to be a true 49ers fan on game day rather than working the games. Granted, when they play away, I, I have been known to go to a public establishment and watch the games and be a fan there, but it's different <laughs> when it's live. So when we had our first first down, and I did that thing our fans do that I'm not going to do on this podcast, but you know what I'm talking about. You can do it, Haley. I will also not be doing <laughs> Okay, fans out there know what I'm talking about. You throw your fists in the air and you, I'm not going to do it. Um, but I did it every first down when we were in Miami to the point where I couldn't speak for days. And that feeling when the whole stadium was doing that, oh, it's just incredible. And I have been dying ever since then to bring fans back into our stadium because now that I've got to experience it from the fan perspective, you better believe you're going to see me on the concourse with my fists in the air every time we get a first down. Do you have in the four seasons a favorite memory with the playmaker? Oh, wow. Um, boy, I just had rapid memories run through my mind. We have such a special group of people here. So many wonderful people. There are little things I could tell you about hundreds of people. But a couple of things that stand out is... Um, we lost a playmaker a couple of years ago, um, and he was. We've lost several playmakers, to be honest. It, it hits my heart every time. But there was one he worked in the BNY East Club. Um, his name was Sal, and he was Italian. Some of you listening might know who I'm talking about. Um, and he was just sweet, sweet, sweet as could be. Every time I walked by him. Um, he would usually just, it was just a look. It was the way Sal would look at you and he would kind of blow a kiss or something like that. And um, anyway, I can, I can still just share, see those moments in my mind. Um, And yesterday I was looking through some old pictures in my phone and on Thanksgiving or around Thanksgiving, we oftentimes give away turkeys or turkey coupons at a minimum to our, our playmakers and there was one year, each myself and my full-time team, we all had on um, turkey hats, and we were giving away little rubber turkeys with a, a turkey coupon to our playmakers. And I have a picture of Sal and I with me and my turkey hat. And um, I just looked at that picture yesterday and made him um, leap back into my heart. I guess is what made me think of him right now. Something that you implemented in the last few seasons, I think, is having people be able to give shout outs and to playmakers who have done 
an amazing job or influence their game day experience for the better. Is there a sense of pride for you when you do get people who are like, I just had the best game day experience because of, and then are able to give shout outs to some of the playmakers? Absolutely. I think any person who's ever worked in a service industry would back me up when I say that oftentimes the people who unfortunately, for one reason or another, have a bad experience, avoidable or not. Sometimes it's just having a bad day and everything gets compounded. But regardless, those people tend to send feedback more often than the person who comes and goes and, you know, they were safe, they were greeted, they had a great time, and they didn't necessarily have um, a reason to acknowledge a playmaker. So, when people take the time to send in a message and say, hey, this this playmaker, whether it was a, a parking person, a housekeeping, security, concessions, guest services, whatever it might have been, if they take the time to send a message to guest services at levistadium.com, I receive all of those messages. And it's just so exciting and so rewarding to get those. I always, what I do with them is I... I forward them out to our stadium operations team and my line that I always put on it is celebrate the victories. And then I will print off a copy of the message and we give that to the playmaker who received the compliment and we give them a scorecard. The program you're referring to is also, it's called our Live Golden program, which stands, Golden is an acronym. It's regarding our service promise. It's a promise to greet everyone offer assistance, listen to what they need and act on it, deliver exceptional experiences, enjoy the game day for ourselves, and then do the right thing and do it right now. The end in golden is for now. So we have a program with season ticket members. Not everyone, unfortunately, there's only, I can only do it for about 200 or so, um, who when they spot someone um, living that service promise, they give them a live golden pin that I have that I give to them to give to the playmaker and they take a photo with the playmaker, which is a lot of fun. And they send in to me um, a typed up. This is why I wanted to recognize this person. And there's just, there's so much pride with that. It's not a monetary award for the playmaker. It is a pure pride award. Final question. And it's my favorite one. Okay. Every job posting has that ominous other duties as assigned bullet point (laughs) that's like last and easily skipped over. Have you done anything with the 49ers that you weren't expecting when you signed on? Wow. Um, Goodness. Well, I I mean, I could easily say I wasn't expecting to work at a vaccination clinic, but but how rewarding, again, just – everything this past year, including the vaccination clinic has been amazing. Other duties as assigned. Yes. One time I um, had to help someone to the uh, rideshare lot. Um, They needed assistance getting there. And so I um, commandeered a couple of officers and their cart to take me to that rideshare lot lot. And we just laughed and had so much fun. It's silly little thing, but it was a great memory. That's, I mean, that shows true power. You can commandeer a cart. (laughs) (laughs) That's the definition of power. Yes. (laughs) Angie, 
As always, I love speaking with you. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. And for everyone who wants to join the Playmaker team, levistadium.com slash employment. Thank you so much, Haley. I hope to see everyone on June 12th or before.